Steve Lee, welcome to The Tangent. <laughs> I'm here just to talk about professional soccer. <laughs> I, would, I would like to talk about Sweet Baby James <laughs> and how it is that your kids uh, took that took that song so to heart. Seriously? Uh, yeah. I I'd, really do. Like, I don't... You're, you're singing it before, the, well, using it as our sound check before we started recording. And now I need to know more about this story. So I have, um, I have three kids who are now 21, 17, and 14. And beginning with when our oldest, Andrew, was was a baby in diapers, whenever he would get really upset, whether he was hungry or poopy or whatever was going on, uh, no matter how hard he was wailing, if I held him and sang Sweet Baby James, by the time we got to the first chorus, he was done crying. And then so we were like, this is like magic. So we did it with uh, Christopher. We did it with Annabelle. It worked every time with every kid. And now, as I was saying, now if I start singing, I'm like, hey, guys, remember when you were upset? They're like, don't sing it. Please don't sing. <laughs> it's too embarrassing. It's dad's music. You know, we, yeah, exactly. can't, we can't listen to this. Would you be interested in a live performance or? <laughs> we don't have the rights to the song. So we, we, we can't actually do it. So he's saved by that. Oh, okay. We don't want the uh, the James Taylor discography people coming after us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they win that battle yeah, every, every time. time. Every time. Yeah, we got, we got nothing there. But okay. So then what advice would you give to parents about lulling their children into a, a sense of peace? Is James Taylor the way to go or is there is there something else? Is there was there another trick behind it? Uh, I from my experience, James Taylor is the way to go. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. if you're singing other than James Taylor, that is you are I making a, a massive mistake. Right. I can't guarantee any results for any other artist. Yeah. Man. I've seen James Taylor live, I think, three times. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's amazing. He's just such a great performer. Yeah. Um, and the my favorite James Taylor show was in Rome when I was in seminary. Uh, he was he was coming through on an international tour. And uh, so we a whole bunch of us from the seminary got tickets and, and went to the show. And he, he killed it. Yeah, he absolutely killed it. But it was amazing listening as Italians would shout out song titles to him. <laughs> Fire and rain. <laughs> you know, they got like their, their Italian accent right. as, they're, as they're yelling their, the, the songs to him. And so he'd, he'd play songs and he was interacting with the audience and he had these these giant poster board cards on the on the floor and he would kick one out of the way and he was reading off the cards and he had he had italian phrases spelled out phonetically oh, cool. so that he could so that he could read them and everything and so he's he's interacting with the crowd a little bit in italian which was which was really fun but then you're looking around and it's all expat americans who are living and working in rome right <laughs> they're all there we left because we had taken the bus to this show and so we left like after the fourth encore and we had to walk the fourth out. fourth encore. Yeah. yeah, there was like one bus that we could take that would get us near where we needed to go. So we had to go and get that bus. And the last one was leaving at this particular time. So we like ran out to get to the wow. bus stop. From the bus stop, we got there about two minutes before the bus did. From the bus stop, we could hear him going into his fifth and yeah. then his sixth encore. I mean, he just, he was just. He's got like 50 years worth of a catalog. He's so. amazing. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And we can't sing any of it on the yeah. <laughs> Last time I saw him was at the theater at Madison Square Garden. I took my dad there for a Father's Day gift for him. <laughs> yeah. Which we're on totally the radio. Nobody yes. saw the air quotes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, and it, he was, I mean, for a guy who is senior and 
Yeah. And it, like his most of his catalog is like folk music. Right? Yeah. Like he is unbelievable in concert. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's an incredible musician. So if if you're looking at the concerts that you've been to, what's the what's your number one concert? Oh my word. I think him because he's my favorite artist of all time. Yeah. So um but U2 was awesome. Depeche Mode was do you know Depeche, Depeche Mode? Depeche Mode? <laughs> I saw awesome. them in Boston. They were so good. Oh. Yeah, my first concert ever was when I was in high school. It was a group called Midnight Oil. Do okay. you know them, Father? I don't know. Do you know them? No. They're an Australian group and they do, I don't know, Australian rock, I guess. I don't know. But is that its, Aussie is, rock. Yeah. <laughs> is that its own genre? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. And uh, yeah, they uh, their biggest hits were Beds Are Burning and I don't know, something else. But they were fun. It was my first concert. Yeah. And then my last concert I've been to was... Um, the Wiggles. <laughs> Once I had kids. And that's what we call the life cycle, folks. Right. That is the life cycle right, right there. Yep. Yeah. I had this moment yesterday. Um, so like the life cycle, right? So you start going to like with a high school show. Like when you're in high school, you go and you get to see this and it's really cool. And then you end up doing something that's with your kids. I had this moment yesterday at our, our coffee hour after mass. Um, a friend of mine had provided some baked goods and she and I have been friends since high school. We've known each other for a long time. It's the advantage of being a priest in the diocese that you grew up in. Yeah. You know, so we've been friends for a long time. Her daughter's my goddaughter. Um, and she said, some of this is going to be left over. Why don't you take some of it back to the rectory? And I said, okay, she says, what do you want? And I pointed at the muffins, these killer like coffee cake <laughs> muffins and everything. And she said, you will take some fruit also. And it was the most motherly thing I've ever heard her say. And I realized like, this is the stage in life that we're at where, where she has to remind me that I have to eat fruits and vegetables also. Like I can't just be like a kid doing this stuff. And, and now that she has kids of her own, she's making sure they eat healthy. So she's going to make sure that I eat healthy too. Right, right. And it was just, it's just the greatest thing you're taking fruits too. Okay. You, should, okay. you should have taken the muffins back to the rectory and just thrown them on a steak and been like, that's what I'm eating. <laughs> I did. Uh, the muffins are gone. <laughs> the fruit is still there. The right. gone. <laughs> Look, I'm not proud of myself. I'm just saying this is, this is the reality. <laughs> the beginning of this conversation of what did you, what do you sing to your kids when they were crying? Right when when Michael was born, and we were beginning to lull him to sleep because now he was out of the womb and needed to be lulled to sleep. Um, I would sing his name to the Star Wars theme. And that was what the Imperial March or the Star <laughs> right or no, the, Luke's uh, Luke's theme yeah <laughs> the one that's over the credits I, I don't know which one it is to be honest with you but I didn't realize Michael, it at first Michael yeah okay that's good like I didn't realize it that I had like ripped this melody and then like like three weeks in I was like. I think in the music biz, they call it sampling. <laughs> you sampled. Hey, it's fine. I didn't make any money from it. It's fine. <laughs> Did it calm him down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was a little different. I made it my own. Okay. That's yeah. good. That's good. I like Great artists steal. <laughs> Might not have worked as well if it was the Jaws theme. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, folks, we're sitting here with Steve Lee, uh, founder, proprietor. Uh, what What are your other titles here at Veritas Catholic Network? Uh, CEO. Yeah, I also um, I changed the paper towels in the bathroom. Okay, no, and, you don't. Uh, 
<laughs> oh darn! I have a guy here who yeah, works in the office. Who actually works in the better. office? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're we're kind of interviewing our boss. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because I do it. I'm saying that because I've had to use the other people's towel <laughs> dispenser. <laughs> oh, it's that kind of office. Huh? <laughs> Somebody will replace it eventually. <laughs> There's only two of us. Neither of us have done it. This office needs is a mom who will like, take control guys, and like, yeah. make sure. You will have some fruit too. Yeah, exactly. You will replace that paper towel. This is kind of like interviewing our boss. Yeah. 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 I so, am grading you, by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> what, do, what do you think of the tangent? Great show. <laughs> uh, you know, needs impro- uh, so I give it uh, needs some improvement. Um, your attitudes uh, need to be. <laughs> We're a little, a little better dour. <laughs> Who should we have? How about me? (laughs) We actually just finished an interview and just kind of said, hey, Steve, come on in. We're going to interview you now. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So 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 we have sprung this on him with no time for preparation. Yeah. It's great. You guys must be really desperate. This is, no, I think, I think this is the tangent at its finest is when we have no preparation at all. We just start talking. Let's figure it out. Yeah. The times during, during the episodes where we are most ourselves are when our guests go, uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is a tangent. And we're like, yes, yeah, thank you. Good. <laughs> Please. Good. <laughs> Please let us be distracted. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. So on Veritas Catholic Network, we have um, Let Me Be Frank. Yep. Uh, the podcast with Bishop Frank Caggiano, which you are kind of the the interviewer. Yes. And then and then he he gets he gets to to talk about stuff. What's it like sitting down with the bishop every week to talk through stuff with him? So it's... Um, actually awesome yeah uh in the beginning we 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 started that show february of 2020 like a month before covid shut everything down yeah and so i think i'm i don't want to speak for the bishop but i'm going to um why not (laughs) i think when we when we first started we sat in a room across from each other and the first four or five episodes before things shut down when we got to see each other I think we were both a little nervous mm-hmm. for different reasons, right? I don't think Bishop Caggiano knew exactly what to expect from me, mm. you know? And um, and I was nervous because- You I were interviewing the bishop. Yes, <laughs> I didn't know the bishop. I didn't have a relationship with him. I was just like interviewing him. And so that was nerve wracking for me. But you know, it's been three and a half years. No, is that math correct? Yeah, three and a half years. And um Nice job. Yes. That was yeah, no calculator. Um <laughs> and uh we've gotten to know each other and I, I think developed um at least from my perspective a really good relationship. And I really um consider Bishop Caggiano, I'm blessed to consider him a friend, but also mm. he's my bishop, you know? And I get to talk to him every week. And um the show is really his platform to be able to talk to the diocese directly every week. And I believe we're the first diocese in the country to offer that. Wow. Where, you know, people could hear from their bishop directly, you know, every week. Right. Um, It's like an audio encyclical. (laughs) <laughs> except he's not the pope <laughs> do you have to so, be a pope to write so an encyclical nothing like that then <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what I'm trying to say yeah. <laughs> well yeah and, and I think it's it's the adoption of the podcast format as opposed to the radio uh, there's I, I know of a few bishops who have like a radio show mm-hmm. um, but even then a lot of times the radio show is kind of a call in sort of a thing yeah I remember back when um <laughs> Bishop Laurie, when he was bishop here, 
he had uh, on WICC, he had a radio show once a week. Uh, and I think the, the show lasted maybe maybe a year or two. Um, and he had me on as, as his guest um, when John Paul II died because I was in Rome at the time in seminary. So he had me on as, as his guest and uh, somebody called and it was like somebody who I knew. I don't remember who it was, but somebody called into the, to the show um, just to say hi to me. <laughs> hey how's it going and like, good how are you <laughs> i'm great it's so good to hear from you i'm like you know we're on the radio yeah. right now right. it's just yeah. compelling it's, yeah poor bishop the poor bishop <laughs> <laughs> all right so you get to have these conversations yeah. and to talk about a little bit what it's like over time to have that rapport develop in the context of of kind of um putting together a show every week um, talking through different aspects of what's going on around the diocese and and kind of the insight that you get into how the bishop thinks and how the just your own comfort in in having those conversations yeah. has developed. Yeah. So I think, um, like I said, fr- from for his side of things, I think in the beginning he wasn't sure like is this guy gonna give me like gotcha questions or try and try and do something on the air or whatever. So I think as he's realized that. Um, I'm not that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he's become more comfortable. Um, also, we, you know, as I said, you said, we've developed kind of a rapport. Uh, from my perspective, I'll tell you, when we first started off, I had, I, I came into every show like with six pages of notes. And I would be like, what's the topic you want to talk about? Like two weeks ahead of time. Okay. He gives me a topic and I'm like, okay, I got to make sure like, and I'd have all these notes and like ask the bishop this and, and, and now there's things like, like for this week's episode that's coming out on Wednesday, we're going to record Wednesday morning. And I have no idea what he wants to talk about. <laughs> and and I have to edit week. it. Yes. <laughs> but that happened that's last so week good. too. He, I, he, we, I showed up and he was like, okay, um, I was thinking we would talk about this. You got it, Excellency. I'm okay. just going to follow. It's your show anyway. So I just have to sit here and follow. And if a question pops into my head, I'll just bounce it out there. You know, and, and and you're good just throwing out a question. Like, do you mind interrupting him to ask a question? No, not at all. You know, he's yeah. so because he, he's such a down to earth guy. Yeah. Um, and and I can see since we can see each other, we're still doing it remotely on video. Yeah. But since I can see him, I know like the face that he's making when he's not done yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> you might take a pause, and I'll be like, oh no, no, he's gonna say something right now, and then he'll say it, or. Or otherwise, he'll, he'll take a pause and then he'll do a different face, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's my opportunity." Yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> that's right. the he's done talking now face. Right. Yeah. right. Does he ever just hold up a finger and say, uh, "Hold on, hold on, I'm not done yet. I'm just breathing." No, you know? no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I've held, I've held up uh, two fingers to indicate like two minutes left before I'm going to take uh, a break. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's what I like about about our format with the tangent that we don't we don't do the the timed breaks or anything. I really no. enjoy that because then I'm not thinking about how I have to yeah. wrap things up in a certain time frame. Just like just just talk. It's gonna be yeah. fine. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of appreciate that. Format. Yeah, we let ideas flow to their fullest form, um, or and, or not into any form at all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is right. a half finished idea. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Let's see what happens. <laughs> right. Yeah, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> I, and and occasionally I'll say to Father. You have to make a definitive decision on the air right now. Do you want to do this at your parish? <laughs> and he'll be like, uh, uh, probably. 
Probably not. No, wait, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I did it to you today, and you you uh, you skewed the question I did. real nice. I did. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a, an evasive maneuver. Oh, but it was fantastic. One that I don't regret at all. Oh, I fun. asked you a question, and all of a sudden, Gary was answering. <laughs> yes. He, he threw out a question about, about confirmation and catechesis and everything, and I just said, well, I think this is a perfect question for our guest to answer instead of me. And it was great. It was, it was definitely the way to go. Um, you're a now, pro. You've been able to have some guests on with the bishop. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's. So when are we coming on the show? <laughs> uh, I think that'd be a great question for Gary to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Let me dial him in. <laughs> no. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The guests have been great because um, and they're easy to book because it's like, hey, do you want to talk to Bishop Caggiano? And they're like, yes. Oh, by the way, we're the only EWTN affiliate in the New York metro area. Great. Oh, and by the way, Bishop's podcast is in the top 10% of all podcasts in terms of monthly listenership. And they're like, I already said yes twice. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, right. You're just trying to sweeten the deal. Just trying <laughs> yeah. to sweeten the deal. Let them know why this is so good, so worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. So we've had um, we had Father Mike Schmitz on. Mm. We had Scott Hahn. Uh, friend, of the show. Show. <laughs> friend of the show. Friend of the show. A.K.A. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Scott. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've lined up um, Jason Everett and awesome. Joseph Pierce. Okay. Um, and the tangent. M- many others. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody out, but yeah. I'm sure I have. Peter Kraft came on. Okay. That was a great episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also Christopher like- Christopher West was on as well, I think. Yeah. Yep. Oh, sweet. We also had like a bunch of local people, mm-hmm. you know, um, like Father Chris Ford to mm-hmm. talk about vocations. We had on a couple- um, uh, youth ministers to talk about youth work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think we should maybe start including some of our other Veritas show hosts, but I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like, where... I think, you know, Restless, those guys, they're really good. Um, that Father Joseph Gill, you know, I mean, yeah. he gets to have lunch with Steve Lee every once in a while. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> Right. No hot oil on his beard. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So here's, here's the the question because I I love how, uh, well, let me be frank with Bishop Frank Caggiano restless, uh, are both in radio show format, but also then released as podcasts. The tangent is straight podcast that we try to fit into a a radio show time slot and say, listen to the rest of it later on, on your own time, people. Um, but when you started Veritas, you specifically chose Veritas Catholic Network as opposed to Veritas Catholic Radio. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was... um, uh, A stroke of genius. I think so, because it's enabled me to do a podcast instead of a radio show. (laughs) Well, actually... Radio show timeframes cannot contain (laughs) me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's actually a really good catch, Father. So that was deliberate and intentional because... um, because uh, we want to be in all kinds of media mm-hmm. eventually. And radio currently and has for a long time um, dominates the media landscape. Like it's it's multiples of, of other media usage by people. And, um, and so it's still here. It's still going to dominate for a long time, but it's not going to be the only thing. And maybe there's going to come a point where it's not the dominant medium. And but whether it is or not, we want to be wherever Catholics are. We want to be there. 
where wherever there are people who are searching for the truth, for peace, for answers to basic questions like why am I here and where am I going and how do I get there? Um, we're going to be in all those places. Mm. And so, you know, that increasingly means podcasts. Um, for us, it's also going to mean video in the near future. And um, so, so we want to be uh, wide open. So network it is. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me like, I got something to do with that video thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you? I don't know anything about video production. I know. And I, I have to do a lot of editing. <laughs> I barely know anything about sound production <laughs> or making a podcast. So you're supposed to talk into the mic. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I keep telling you, it's not the other end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that, that vision of a Veritas Catholic network, that you want to be in multiple places and that you don't want to be just a one media sort of a, a, a company, if, if you will. Yes. Um, that you want there to be more, more of a presence. Um, and then how that is going to interact and how that, that's going to enable you to, to really get that, that reach out there. Yeah. But using terrestrial radio as kind of the launching point, I think it's, it's really good. Yeah. And that, that's our foundation. That's our base. And from there we go out to, you know, to other, other media and, and, and who knows, it could include print at some point. Like I have no idea, you know, wherever God takes us, that's where we're going. The Veritas Catholic Network Publishing Company. Yeah. Publishing books by Matt Sparazza and other famous authors. <laughs> and other famous authors. <laughs> you know what's funny? So I was telling somebody, this was like, I don't know, a long time ago. Everything feels like a long time ago. But I was telling somebody about um, the life of this, not of, of a religious sister named Sister Blandina. Who, do you know about her? No. Do you know about her, Matt? No. I won't go into her whole life, but it is You amazing. can. This is the tangent. <laughs> we don't have time constraints. Oh, <laughs> but it would be a tangent for me to go off on her life. So she was um, she was born and raised in Italy okay. and then uh, immigrated to the U.S. in the early 1800s and wanted to become a religious sister and a missionary and serve in Trinidad. And so she signs up with... Um, Elizabeth Ann Seton's order and then gets assigned to go to Trinidad. And she's like, that is awesome. So she gets on a train and the train heads West to Trinidad, Colorado. And she's like, Oh, that's not what I had in mind. <laughs> but in the mid 1800s, she's there, which is also the time of the wild West mm -hmm. and the great um, lawmen like Wyatt Earp and Bat Masterson, also the great outlaws like Billy the kid and her travels and her adventures take her into close uh, contact with Billy, actually, and they become friends. No kidding. So, I mean, these, all these cool stories about her. But anyway, I love so it. I was telling this this person about this sister's life, and she's she's now blessed, and I'm I can't wait for her to become a saint. But I, and the, and the and the person was like, man, they should make a movie about her. And I was like, they should. And she goes, well. Maybe that's what's next for Veritas. And I was Ooh. like, oh, you never know. Because we are network. We're not radio. Right, right. <laughs> I would definitely get into production. play the role of Billy the Kid. Oh, I was, I'm glad you didn't say Sister Blandina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that beard would kind of get in the way of you being Sister Blandina. That's true. Yeah. Could we like go out and we'll scout out some location sites out in Colorado? Yes. I'll go as a technical advisor and then I'll go fishing when I'm not 
technically advising. Um, and uh, yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be great. Um, That'd be awesome. I just want you to know I'm in. Okay. Um, I, I support this project. Yes. You've got Folks, the beard you, for the... If you would like to donate to the Billy the Kid Sister Blandina <laughs> movie project just announced by Steve Lee that we're definitely going to do. <laughs> right. This is what we meant by segueing to video. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah this is, we're skipping right. YouTube. Right. We're yeah. going to the big time. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. Well, that's actually, that's an important thing. All right. So look at, let's look at Catholic media. Yeah. And what I have seen happening in my lifetime in Catholic media is, is really tremendous. So you have EWTN that, that launches and, and creates a television station, a radio network, um, and starts doing a lot of important things for the new evangelization and just putting Catholic stuff out there. And they're doing it. I mean, frankly, when you look at Mother Angelica's life, like on a shoestring budget, mm-hmm. there's there's mm-hmm. nothing there, and it's all on God's providence. And and here it is, this this stuff is happening. Um, and then o- over time, we've watched as more and more Catholic media has just upped the production value of of what they do. So the content was always there, the content was always good, but now you're starting to see like really important, really important work being done that's increasing in in production value. So especially in video stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not just Catholic stuff, but like Christian in general. So look at the chosen. Yeah. And the yeah. quality of that production and everything that's happening there. It's the best actors. It's scenery and and cinematography that's that's outstanding. The sound quality is yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Um it, it used to be that that some of these like Catholic videos, it was it was like two actors who played all of the same parts and they they just put on a different hat to play a different saint and right. the, the language was really stilted and the, the camera angles were weird because they only had two cameras that they could use and none of them were great quality. The audio was off and everything. But now this this production quality is really coming out. So you have Spirit Juice Studios that's yeah. making these these really outstanding things and they're working with Bishop Barron in Word on Fire. Um, you have Ascension Presents and uh, the Augustine Institute and just the, the quality of what they're producing. It's just getting better and better and better. Do you ever wonder though, is that quality and is is the the way that we're producing stuff keeping up with trends and so it'll never be enough? <laughs> or is this is this like is this the right way? Like we've got to just keep increasing that quality. I always wonder what the balance is supposed to be. Yeah. I mean Is um, it the balance between are you is it the balance between like quality and providence? Is that what you're talking about? I don't or? know. I guess I I'll look back on some stuff like uh Jeff Cavins and uh, the Bible Timeline, mm-hmm. right? Which if you haven't read his stuff on the Bible Timeline, if you haven't gone, gone through his study with the Bible, you should. I'm just going to give him a plug because maybe he'll come on the show then. Uh, <laughs> but you should you should. We're really... the only EWTN affiliate. <laughs> <laughs> should, like really, his, his stuff is so good. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he has redone his videos for the Bible Timeline since the first time he did it? I know that they just found, I got an email from Ascension about it. They okay. found the old masters and they remastered it. Okay. So I don't think that it's a re-recording. I think they just up the quality. Of okay. It. Well, whatever it is, it, it's it's good stuff. But you can see there some stuff that maybe you, you wouldn't do anymore. Um, Mark Hart from Life Teen, uh, the Bible geek, he took the Bible timeline and did a teen program. And I remember we were going to use it for a group of our high school kids. And beforehand, we just threw in the, the DVD and the like the hairstyle and all the like accessories that the kids had on, like the, everything. It was just this time capsule of the early, early 2000s. 
it was it was so obviously the early 2000s <laughs> oh man the content's really good but all of a sudden this video feels yeah. very dated yeah and so it it felt a little bit more like when you watch a rerun of an old show like the old show stands up yeah but you you can't help but focus on the fact that it's an old show mm-hmm. and that you're looking at something that that happened a long time ago um and so there's like that we just don't make TV that way anymore. We don't make shows this way anymore. Uh, and that's fine. It's no big deal. And then there's other times where I wonder, like, are we are we trying to keep up and be too trendy? I don't know. I don't think I don't think that's what I'm seeing in Catholic media. Well, maybe some Catholic social media. Yeah. You know. If you want to follow us, uh, it's the Tangent on Veritas Catholic Network on Instagram. Actually, I think that's wrong. I think it's the Tangent <laughs> underscore Catholic. Underscore Catholic but... <laughs> it's, it's at the Tangent underscore Catholic. I, I'm not on Instagram and I know that. Come I on. know. And I'm the one who runs it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> um, no, I, in my opinion, uh, I think it's really important to keep up with, you know, the technology and way yeah. things look. The, there's, I forget what movie it was, but we turned on a movie last summer in our house that came out like in the early 2000s. And I was like, wait till you guys see this movie. And as soon as it starts, like two minutes in, my 17 year old son was like, dad, these these graphics are, you know, I forget what word he used, but it was not a positive word. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, really? I mean, like early 2000s, you know, like the CGI is pretty awesome. And he's like, nah, it's not like, not like today. Right. You ever see Willow? No. Oh my God. Willow is such a great movie. It's it's an old Ron Howard movie. Okay. Um, and it's it's fantastic. Um, but if you watch Willow now, he's got this this one where he's he's Willow is this this wizard. He's mm. trying to become a wizard, so he's he's trying to turn somebody who's been turned into a, a I don't know a bird or something like that. He's trying to turn her back into a human. Classic. Yeah. Classic Ryan and, Ron Howard. Yeah. I said Ryan Howard. <laughs> And so as he's, as he's trying to cast the spells, um, she's turning into all these different animals, but each one you, you see, I mean, you can see the outline of the computer animation on, on the screen <laughs> where it's like, it's changing. It doesn't look real at all. But at that time, that was the coolest graphic you could yeah. possibly have had. And I remember watching it as a kid going, this is amazing. And then of course, now as an adult, you go, this is the lamest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. Like you might as well just put the green screen right on the screen itself. And right. <laughs> it's even like um like Forrest Gump. When Forrest Gump came out, it was so amazing that they put Forrest in there with like the president and with like, you know, John Lennon and all that stuff. Right. And like today, like that's like people kids are doing that, you know, in their Yeah, you their... could do that on your laptop. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I can do that on my laptop. We can be right interviewing. Now. Yeah. We're currently interviewing Tom Hanks. That's it. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But I think the importance of that quality is, is really, it's very real. Yeah. We, we've got to have something that's of good quality to, to put out there. Um, yeah. That's, that's all part of the evangelization. Well, yeah. Well, cause I, I mean, honestly, I've thought about it. I've thought about it in the context of like, so I do spend a lot of time on social media. And so a lot of it is. For your job. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so no, your no, boss that's is true. in the room Although, right now. Let's let's make sure that we're. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am never working now. Um, but a piece of that can very much feel like you're just chasing trends. Yeah. Um, and so I have spent a lot of time thinking about: Is this like the way to go? Because, so for example, right, something that's obviously like pretty huge right now is YouTube Shorts and YouTube uh, and uh, Instagram Reels, right? 
Um, and both of those are basically just copying TikTok, right? So it's really the TikTok like format. Um, but a YouTube short has to be under one minute long. It cannot be longer, which is, it's like, it's like hard to offer like a decent daily gospel reflection. I finally got it right. <laughs> right. Daily gospel reflection in under 60 seconds. Right. Especially considering that, and this is not me asking you to change because it shouldn't change. Right. The material I get from you is two minutes, about two minutes long. I'm long winded. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's not the only place I put it. You know what right, I mean? Right. So it's like, I'm trying to fit a th something into a short and I say to myself, well, maybe this is just not what the Lord's asking us to do. If this isn't the content we have, maybe this isn't what the Lord's asking us to do. Right. But, but I, the reason that I ultimately, having thought about it quite a bit, um, I ultimately decided like, no, I, I don't think that's true is because the content that's going out there, even though it's 52 seconds, I basically just cut out your intro. <laughs> so they don't know who's talking. Sorry. Um, They'll never figure it out. <laughs> right. And then, I, and then I basically cut out the, the, the outro. And so you've got like 52 seconds of meat, you know, where you're like, in this gospel, and it's like I don't have it, I don't have it when you're like we're reading Luke chapter two one through eleven, you know. But at this point in Luke's gospel, this is what happened, and it's just this really quick burst of what I what I hope is the charisma. You know what I mean? Like that's what mm -hmm. I'm hoping that they get from it. Yeah. And it's just it opens the door, you know. So I don't think that chasing trends is a futile cause. I really do think, but but I I think the trend is really just the opening. Mm. You know, like the goal isn't that someone becomes a fan of our shorts. You know, so you're saying that like eight years ago, I should have done the ice bucket challenge when somebody <laughs> like tagged me in their post about the ice bucket challenge. I don't know. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I did. but your original question was about the quality. Yeah. Being on par with other stuff that's out there. And it, I mean, it has to be because that's attractive. You know, you can't you don't want to preach the gospel and be unattractive. Right. Yeah. And yet, and yet you, you have to remain open to the, to the fact, it's not even an idea. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit will work with what we offer. Yeah. Guaranteed. Maybe that's the thing that I'm seeing more than it's not so much. Should we do this? It's that we've realized, yes, we should. And so the priority has changed in a lot of Catholic media. It seemed like content over quality in terms of production was, mm -hmm. was the norm. So it's, it's about the content that we're putting out there. It's not about, is this a good, beautiful product? Is this, yeah. is this keeping pace with the stuff that's out there? Um, I would even say that that's happened in, in the area of like Christian music, right? Like mm -hmm. go back to the mid nineties when I was coming of age and you listen to Christian music and they were very clearly trying to imitate the sounds of pop music, whatever right. was, was most popular, whatever the top 40 stuff was. So you had, it, literally, if you went into the the Christian music store, and I've I can tell you that I've been into wow. Christian bookstores that. that had, yeah, once upon a time when you had to go shopping for your CDs, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you, fair you'd enough. go through, and and they would have like this band sounds like, and they would mm. name the oh, most wow. popular bands of that of that time, wow. and say like this band sounds like this band or this band. It's in this kind of a genre. So if you like if you like ska, you're gonna like this Christian ska band. If you like <laughs> right. rap, you're gonna like this Christian rapper if right. you like this kind of music it's going to sound something similar to these mm -hmm. bands mm -hmm. and so you'd pull that stuff so like you at least had the the feel but if you go back and you do the comparison i'm really sorry but the secular artists are the ones that stand up 
Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. they stand up to the test of time, whereas the other guys, it, they're, they're like a cheap imitation. I mean, I think Stephen Curtis Chapman is like the one exception because he's an authentically incredible musician. Right. Um, and then what you've seen now is it's more just people are writing music. Like Jars of Clay was like one of my all time favorite bands. Mm-hmm. You ever listen to Jars of Clay? No. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. Um, but they, they embrace the Christian label without trying to make every single one of their songs a song that had an explicitly Christian mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything didn't have to do something, have, have something to do with like, we're going to, we're going to tell you about our relationship with Jesus or anything like that. It was, we're going to tell you a story. Right. And we're going to, we're going to sing whatever it is. We're just not cursing while we do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and our subject matter is, is clean in comparison, but they were able to bring in some, some really good stuff. So like the idea of that, that quality of production, I think in Catholic media has increased mm-hmm. yeah. while at the same time, the content is good. Like we realized we have the best content, right? right? We, we have the best yes. message of all, which is the gospel. We have something really worth talking about and sharing. Let's just do it and let's make it really good. Yeah. And, and, and that's a pretty standard practice in entertainment, right? You're never going to like, so I, when I was a musician, right? My, one of my favorite musicians was John Bellion, right? I, we were talking about favorite concerts, also favorite concert. Okay. Um, who, who is this person? He's a, so he's a, he's a Christian artist. Okay. Um, who does curse in some of his music. <laughs> um, but, but also like, so if I were to describe him, right? One, one of my favorite things about him is that he had the guts to, he on on his album glory sound prep uh there's a song called stupid deep which is basically like the the punchline is the hole inside my heart is stupid deep and therefore the only one who can fill it is god okay right uh, that not that whole line i just added that therefore part um but he had <laughs> when therefore is thrown in into this, a song yeah, it, it never, never works, really <laughs> works. I mean, matt marr managed to do it when he when he sang transubstantiation as the opening line to one of his songs right do you really yeah. Yeah. I know that. oh yeah yeah but but he had the guts to send that as his radio single, the Z100. Wow. I was like, that is awesome that you just like, you put this, this album out and, and you're publicly a Christian and not every song on this album is explicitly a Christian. As a matter of fact, some of these songs are explicit, right? But, but the one song that you sent to radio was your Christian, like your mm. explicitly Christian song. Did they play it? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Now it wasn't like it went number one or anything. But the fact of the matter is that on Z100, there was a Christian message shooting out for like three, four weeks. That's pretty cool. Um, but one of the, the, the point of bringing up John Bellion was that I really liked him and, and still do when I was pursuing a music career. And everybody would come up to me and say, you sound so much like John Bellion. Yeah, and yeah, I both cool. And I well, and I took that as a compliment. But I also recognized that it was a it was a huge problem because I was never going to out John Bellion, John Bellion. Like my, like my music needed to be different than John Bellion because yeah, it's great. I I love him. And the fact that you think I sound like him and he's a great artist is a great thing for me, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, I will never beat him at what he does better than me. Right. You know? So the principle that I'm trying to apply here is that, uh, when it comes to Veritas's shows, that's something that we really need to take to heart. And I think we do, like you said, there's we might be the only diocese. You're saying we are. I, I don't have the stats to back it up, but I trust you. We're the only diocese <laughs> where the bishop speaks directly to his his viewer, yeah, his viewer, his his parishioners or his flock, you know, weekly. Right. You know, and that's unique. You know, Bishop Barron's got his show, but it's kind of like he talks to everybody. <laughs> you know, like it's not just his diocese. You know, so like that's a really unique thing. Um, 
And I think Restless is fairly unique too. And so far as it's a, it's a group of young adults yeah. uh, and we're unique because no one could ever be like us. <laughs> <laughs> and just a uh, point of clarification, Carl Dolan has a weekly show, right? But he's on Sirius, right? So right. we're on Terrestrial, right? 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 right. But, uh, Fulton Sheen used to say that when he would give priest conferences, uh, and he, he would he would like run into priests, and they would they would ask him for tips on preaching, mm-hmm. and the first thing he would tell them is, "Don't try to be Fulton Sheen." Right. Like you you have to preach with your voice. Right. So to to this point that yeah. uh, y- you're not going to out John Belly and John Bellion. No way. Um. So so to anybody coming into that into that sphere of, of wanting to share the, the message of the gospel it needs to do it with a, their, their person attached to it, mm-hmm. you know, not for the sake of calling attention to themselves, but like they have to do it most authentically and you do it most authentically when you are yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't do it most authentically when you're trying to be exactly like somebody else. Right. Right. Yeah. Or, or I think when you're trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? You're like, you're trying to present a certain product that is inauthentic. Yeah. We've talked about this where like there's nothing wrong with piety, of course, you know, and it's good to be pious, but it's bad to be falsely pious. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like to present something in this, I'm going to throw out the word pharisaical way. Um, Look who's got vocab, folks. <laughs> high yeah, five. There it is. Radio <laughs> high five. <laughs> Just kidding. This is in the podcast. We passed 30 minutes. Um, but... But the idea being like, it would be, I don't know, like I just talked about an artist on a Catholic podcast who is neither Catholic and also doesn't make your stereotypical like Christian music. You know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is that this is an artist that I actually really enjoy and I think has done something very good. You know what I mean? Think of Linda Richmond on SNL. (laughs) Talk amongst yourselves. I don't get the reference. I know SNL. It's a Catholic podcast with a subject that is neither Catholic nor podcast. Discuss. <laughs> that's, like, that's all I can think of. It's like, yes, okay. No, yeah, sorry. Tangent. But you know what I mean? Like, we, we're presenting it in a more authentic fashion, I think. Like, and, and perhaps that was a growing pain of early 2000s media, where it was like just inherently kind of awkward. Yeah, well. Like, like people don't, I don't know. I feel like radio is different now than it was. Of course, early two thousands, I was like six. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that painful, Steve? It's no, painful. because I, I was only eight. Oh, right, right, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Do you think, though, like Steve? Do you think that social media has has contributed to the change of of the way that media is, is presented overall? Like, more people have put themselves out there in front of people. They've they've put a video of themselves out for public consumption. Yeah. Um, pouring put, ice they, over themselves. Yeah, exactly. They've put pictures of themselves out for public consumption and so they're they're much more used to somebody seeing something yeah. about them than ever before. So like it used to be you took pictures and those pictures went into a photo album and and maybe you showed that photo album to some of your friends you, and certain family members, right? right. Um, but now people take pictures and they post them everywhere for everyone to see. So like lots of people know what you did, where you yeah. went or the, yeah. the the experiences that you had. So maybe there's more of a comfort level in, in mm-hmm. like being in front of a camera or being in front of a microphone and having a voice because more people feel that they have one, which means that in the, in the overall media atmosphere, there's like a sense of, I have a voice, I actually have something to say, but I'm going to say it the same way that my favorite person does or my favorite mm-hmm. influencer or, or celebrity does. But maybe I also need to find my own voice, what my own voice is. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I, yes. <laughs> um, 
just like when when Rush Limbaugh dominated the airwaves, you know, then you had like a hundred different wannabe Rush Limbaugh's popping up on the radio, and none of them could do it the way he did, you know. And then you got however many years later ben shapiro comes along and he's doing it his way and he is phenomenal you know and he and when i listened to ben shapiro i would be like he reminds me of rush limbaugh but not by being like rush limbaugh you know and um and yeah i think right social media everybody feels like what they have to say is so important and yes, it is, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has things that they you know, should be free to say, but not everything that you do and say needs to be broadcasted, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then- <laughs> We're on a podcast, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He says as he's on a as podcast, on a podcast talking right. about whatever comes to his mind. Yeah. But, you know, and then like copying each other. Yeah, like if, if Bishop and I went on the air and tried to be Father Sam and and Matt, mm-hmm. it would not work. Right. Yeah. Not even a little bit. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> <laughs> I had this moment yesterday. So yesterday we had thunderstorms. It was a Sunday. Thunderstorms rolling through. And it was like right as, as I was starting my homily, there's thunder all around. And I'm like, all right, what I need is for, for me to say something really profound and then the thunder to hit really close and really loud right nice. as I finish it. And I said, I, I don't think I have anything that's all that profound to say today, unfortunately. So there's not going to be one of those moments. And then as I, as I was talking, I was like in the middle of a sentence, and there was this loud clap of thunder, but it was right in the middle of what I was saying. And what I was saying was like the lead up to the next line that would have been the more profound and important mm. thing. So I was like kind of setting up my point and I hadn't gotten there yet. And there's this loud clap of thunder. And I just stopped and I said, see, that's what I needed. I needed something profound right in that moment. And I didn't have it. It wasn't there. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's, I was interrupting my own homily because. Thunder. It was great, um, but like, there's there's a sense of we've all figured out certain certain things in terms of like the how to present ourselves, and social media has actually done that for a lot of us. Yeah. There's like, I think people are are far more comfortable if a camera's in their face or if there's if there's a microphone there than they, than they ever would have been. If you look at some of these, like look at an old clip of somebody being interviewed, mm. like a man on the street sort of an interview, and they're they're really nervous about presenting yeah. well no, nobody's worried about that anymore but do you think that's yeah. a good thing both of you guys like uh like just basic comfort in front of the not just comfort but an expectation of like well i should be out there and look at everything i'm doing right well i think i mean obviously i think it's caused a lot of confusion you know what i mean like there are lots of there's lots of poor poorly backed data <laughs> you know out in the you know internet just that what a terrible sentence uh this might be some of it um <laughs> what i'm you trying went to, from pharisaical to yeah this. <laughs> yeah 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 uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that there is there's a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that's garbage you know what i mean out there yeah. and and that garbage can sometimes sound convincing and so to, as far as that's a problem no it's not a good thing um the, the, there's a there's a benefit to people feeling more comfortable speaking about what's important to them. Um, there's a, there is a benefit to people feeling that they have a voice, uh, but there's also a real challenge that comes with that, which is that people very often think incorrectly about 
the value of the of the things that they want to say um or they they think that they're kind of going into it expecting something so we see the problem now with like i didn't get enough likes on social media um i, I didn't get enough followers and so i'm judging my value based on how many likes i get or, or how many followers i have um we're not judging it based on the content of of this we start to identify too much with with certain trends or with with certain metrics instead of seeing who we, who we really are and that can happen to everybody whether you're actually trying to do something in the in the media world or you're just trying to live your life um, we can get really caught up in in valuing ourselves based on the feedback that we get from that mass media and from from social media yeah. um, and that can be really dangerous right so there's 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 a good thing in the sense of like people feel comfortable and they, they know that they have a voice and i think it's important for people to understand that they have a voice um but it also can get in the way of people understanding that it's possible to be wrong i also think it, it leads to a lack of charity yeah so as the guy who runs the social media for veritas and puts your daily reflections up the amount of like, how mean are they i, I never they can I never be watch. very mean <laughs> they can be very mean and i like so there's two things that I want to say. First is that I've had to very intentionally direct my prayer to, instead of being like, Lord, let this get out to as many people as possible, which is something that I do hope because I want people to hear the gospel. But instead of saying that and not falling into the temptation of just chasing the trend and like wanting fame, but for the wrong reason, right? Um, so like fame on earth instead of before God, not really what I'm trying to say. Um, but instead of seeking out those numbers saying like, Lord, just let this be rich, like let this reach rich soil. Mm. You know what I mean? Even if, even if this post, which is a good daily gospel reflection, right? Only gets to like 40 people. Let it actually affect those 40 people. Let this be planted. Um, and that is like a massive temptation. Sure. Right. Because it's easy. It's, it's easy to judge success from God on two things. I think visibility and money. You know, where it's like you get a ton of donations and you're like, the Lord's behind it, you know, but that doesn't, that's not always the case. Um, but the other no, thing it's is very often not the case. <laughs> right, right. And also if you want to donate to Veritas Catholic Network, visit veritascatholic.com slash donate. Um, but, <laughs> but the point is that, um, the point is that also there's, there's a, a massive lack of charity because like I have tried to engage with individuals who have commented on the daily reflections. I mean, I'm. I'm not like, <laughs> I do have some theology, training in theology, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, but like every once in a while you get two things, which are, I mean, it's almost hilarious. One of them is like one word responses where there, someone commented yesterday, gibberish. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't know. I thought this was pretty well articulated. <laughs> like I thought this was a pretty solid. I love that. <laughs> I love reflection. that comment. Gibberish. It's about me and what I said. <laughs> gibberish, gibberish. terrible love it um and some and then some are like some are like because there we've had a, a couple of marian feast days mm -hmm. recently and some of them are like why pray to mary praying to god is better and it's like and like the point is like also Which like true yeah but... <laughs> and that's the thing it's like it's like yeah i agree with you like in the sense that like Mary is not equivalent to God, but how do I, how could I possibly engage you on this point when all you left me with was that, you know what I mean? It's well, like, and especially if you listen to the things that I say about the blessed right. mother in my reflection, <laughs> right. I point out that Mary always wants to bring us to Jesus. Right. I always say that. Right. I'm always right. really clear about that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and so there's, there is a certain lack of charity that comes with the internet because it's like, I'm talking to you, but I'm not really talking to you. Yeah. 
I'm just typing things on my computer or iPhone and there's a picture of you and you can't say anything back. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like- There was a, a book that came out several years back called The Cult of the Amateur. And it came out like right as Wikipedia became a thing. And that's it was, hilarious. Yeah. Cause this is, yeah. I'm dating myself just a bit here. No, okay? no, but, but it's like perfect example. Yeah. Well, it, but it came out and it was in a certain way, it was attacking Wikipedia. Right. Had to be uh, reactionary. Because it was saying that essentially Wikipedia has no, at the time, there's no verification. There's no way to know who actually put this together. If they have any kind of expertise, we're now living in a culture where everybody's opinion counts as expertise in the matter. And so if you don't like what somebody said, this person could be a research scientist who has dedicated 20 plus years to doing this research. They they are more familiar with the ins and the outs of the, this particular subject matter than you can ever be, but you don't like the way that they said something. You count and your voice apparently now has the same weight as right. this person yeah. who's, who's a researcher. You it got happens, way more followers on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, X. It, it happens as like as a as a, like you get theologians right so yep. somebody who's who's actually a theologian and makes a comment about something and somebody doesn't like it for whatever reason and they they contradict us well you don't have the expertise in that right yeah we've we've kind of elevated the amateur in a way that's not really healthy so it's one thing to say that it's good for people to know that they have a voice and that they can ask their questions, that they can raise their concerns, and to know that they've got that ability and that it's it's okay for them to do that. They've got that freedom. And here's here's a platform with which you can make your voice heard. But then it's a totally different thing to say that makes you an expert and that means that your opinion is is as good as anybody else's. Was that the book written by the guy who was like an expert in Russian uh Stuff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome to that the That deserves a high five. There we go. It's a tangent where you, no. you forget your vocabulary, you forget how to talk. <laughs> I remember hearing an interview with a guy who wrote a book about how about the, the lack of expertise and how just normal you know, normal people were yeah. were acting like experts. And he was a he was a, he had like a PhD in like Russian history and he had worked for like 20 years in Russian diplomacy and right. and policy and all that kind of stuff. Oh, time's up. I'm sorry. I talked too long. Um, but he said he was at a dinner party. People knew who he was. Yeah. And, uh, and they were ha talking about Russia. And one guy there was like, he said, this expert gave his opinion on something that was happening in Russia. And another guy at the party was like, no, you're wrong. Because I saw this on the internet and he quoted the internet. And the guy was like, Bro, I'm actually like literally an expert on right. what you think you're talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah, that's that's where again, it's it's great to have that voice, but like we've got to get back to that sense of no, there's there's actually there's people who know what they're talking about here. I think this don't. I think the second derivative problem of this is also that okay, I can have my voice out there, right? Even though I'm not an expert, but how do I get my voice out there? Well, I got to be louder. I gotta be angrier. I gotta be more extreme, right. yeah. and then I get attention. Right? Yeah, you lean into the passions, and that's it. Well, one, one of my staff members did this with me, and she she was really funny about it. Um, we had some stuff that needed to get communicated, and so I just put together a quick email to the parish and sent it out. And she came in and she goes, "That, that was a good email. Don't do it again." <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't quite that blunt, but she said, "Here's what we should do," and she laid out this idea for how we should send out parochial emails. Mm -hmm. So we want to communicate certain things to our parish. We're going to do it this way. We're going to have a format and we're going to, we're going to follow a certain style um, because when we follow a certain style, 
people are more likely to read it. When we do it this way, when we have like this type of a graphic in there, people will follow and they'll, they'll, they'll check it out. They'll read all the way through. If it's just the text that you sent, they might read it. Then right. again, they might not. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, we were able to look and see what our parish email rate is and mm -hmm. like how, how, how well they're read or how much time people spend reading them. When we follow her format, you know, Paula nailed it. When we follow her format, we actually get people reading our emails. They get opened at a higher rate. Um, if we just send out something plain, um, it, it doesn't work. But also, her other reasoning for it was uh, we need to communicate and communicate and communicate and communicate. So as much as we, we talk about, we've got to keep saying it and repeating it. Um, because this one email had gone out with just like one particular point for me. Mm -hmm. There were other things that needed to go out as well. Other things that needed to be communicated that I wasn't thinking about when I sent that email. She goes, now there's going to be two emails going out. And that second email is less likely to be read because that first email came out already. Right. And I was like, oh, so she's, I don't think she's an expert in the, in like, we wouldn't put her she's in She's got a, in more a, of an expertise though. She has way more expertise than I do in this. And I don't think like she would ever like put herself out there as an expert, but she's been paying attention yeah. to what's going, like the good information that's mm -hmm. out there. And she's realized this is what the experts are saying. And yeah. so she's using it and she's mm -hmm. using that appropriately. And it's, it's transforming the way that we, that we communicate things in the, in the parish. So there's like, latch onto that expertise that's real yes uh and not just like trendy yeah. but the the stuff that's actually informing how to do things and it's it's making a big difference mm -hmm. i think there's an analogy you can make here to the magisterium but i don't know if you want to go down that rabbit hole <laughs> do you know what i mean like insofar as we're sitting here like I want to hear this analogy now, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. like, like, so what's the? Uh, he knows how to tease things. Yeah. Like, no, come on. <laughs> There's an analogy. Well, yeah, let's not talk about it. Let's. <laughs> okay, that's all the time we have today, folks. Thanks for listening to Tangent. <laughs> well, he, like, now he can say it, and if we're like, "What the heck was that?" He can be like, "Well, you wanted to hear it." Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He can yeah. also just edit it out I because he's going to edit this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm the expert. Um, well, so like, I think it's a caricature of Sola Scriptura which is that you like basically read the Bible and determine what it means. Mm -hmm. I think that's a character, uh, a caricature, <laughs> um, not a character. Um, but I also don't think that it's like a complete caricature because I do think it happens, right? I think that's popular. And I'm not even saying that as something that should be applied to exclusively Protestants. I think that Catholics do that sometimes where we read the Bible and we go, I think this is what this means, you know, and you don't consult a commentary uh, or, or much more important than that, you don't consult like the catechism. You know, and so there is a there's an analogy or at least an, or some kind of relationship that you can make between the concept of expertise and the idea that we follow a catechism and that catechism is based in a tradition that goes all the way back. Right. That's what the ex those are the experts who are the experts on the Christian faith. The saints. There's a, there's a reason that if somebody writes a book and it becomes the definitive work on the subject we talk about it as their the magisterial text that they wrote not I in the sense didn't know of that that was a phrase used yeah like we'll we'll talk about the this this author wrote the it's it's the definitive work or his his magisterial book this because it's it contains the best right 
knowledge. It, it contains the, the best information, the most accurate stuff, mm-hmm. um, or the most groundbreaking. This is this is the guy who's who's figured it out. This is the mm-hmm. the author who's who's most clearly communicated it. This is the Pope of <laughs> yeah, <I'm kidding. laughs> yeah, exactly. Of baseball, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ken Burns is the Pope of documentary making. Right? Like, we can say things like that, and go, yeah, like has the right approach, knows how to do a documentary, knows how to do it right. right. Full stop. Right. It's, it's pretty amazing. All right. Last thing, because we should we should land this plane and uh, let Steve go because he, okay. has, he has work to do. Um, let's go back to concerts. Yes. All right. Who do you want to see in concert who you've never seen before? Yeah. Um, so I want to <laughs> It's okay if you guys laugh at me. Um, I really want to see George Strait before he fully retires. Okay. He's getting older. Yeah. He's winding down. Did he write a song called The Thunder Rolls? That's Garth Brooks. That's Garth Brooks. Because yep. Garth Brooks gave a, uh, he did basically my orientation for college. Oh, cool. Because I was a songwriting major. So they invited Garth Brooks in. Wow. Because we lived in Nashville. Yeah. And they probably wrote with Garth Brooks. And he played the Thunder Rolls. And I had never heard the song before. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is songwriting. That is awesome. Did he play did he play the um there's a there's a final verse in there that's not on any album, so he does it live. Oh cool. So do you know are you familiar with the song, Father? No. It's a great song. So the first verse is about a woman who's up at night she's waiting for her husband to come home and it's thundering and lightning out and she's worried and then he finally he's a young cowboy who lives on the range yep pretty much um but then then she starts to have these uh worries that well the reason he's out so late is because there's another woman mm-hmm. then he pulls in to the driveway and she rushes out to hug him. She's so thankful that he's alive. And then she smells the perfume. And so it's confirmed. The verse that he only does in concert yeah. is uh, she runs back down the hallway and through the bedroom door, reaches for the pistol kept in the you know, whatever. whatever drawer. Yeah, something drawer. Uh, tells the woman in the mirror, he won't do this again. Tonight will be the last time. I'll wonder where he's been. Yes, he the did. Play, he did rolls. play that. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And I remember Ooh. that being like, "Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a great country song too. Yes, yeah. I mean it's it's got everything. It's got it's got a little bit about about the the land. Yep, uh, <laughs> it's got trucks. I, I was just say, I bet there's a I bet he comes in in a pickup truck. Yeah, right. <laughs> and murder. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right. So George Strait. Yeah, I like the idea of seeing of seeing an artist as they're as they're moving into that retirement phase. You know, mm-hmm. like we, yeah. Sometimes you don't realize that you never saw an mm-hmm. artist until it's too late. Yeah. Until like they they've gone and, and you wish, wow, how cool would it have been to have seen them in concert? Yeah. You know? How about you? And and you, Matt? I don't know. I uh, I got to see the Avett Brothers live, and the Avett Brothers put on just a phenomenal show. They're they're just amazing. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anybody else who I just like really want to see live right now that I can think of, but I'm sure there's people out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know if so right now I've been on a kick where I've been listening to the Hillbilly Thomists. Nice. <laughs> and so I think I would like to see the Blue Hillbilly. Grass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my music taste has evolved dramatically in the last 10 years where I went from I grew up on like top 40 pop as the as the like middle-aged cousin who had no control over the radio. <laughs> um 
and then went to school in Nashville, was told I was an uncultured swine <laughs> for not knowing enough good music. And I was like, you're right. I don't know enough good music. What did they consider good um, music? My, my roommates were from Texas. Okay. So okay. anything that wasn't basically top 40 pop would, yeah. would do. Loretta Lynn. Um, <laughs> <She's> amazing. <laughs> right. uh, but I so would... I've been, I've been listening to like some folk now and, Okay. Which I think you actually would appreciate that that's where my taste has gone. I do I do love folk music. Yeah. 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 I would I would like to see Zach Brown. Cool. Mm. That's definitely one I'd like to see in, in person. Um, do you think he's country or is he beach music? Uh that's a great question. Uh all I know is that some people tell me that if I wear the right kind of hat, I look like Zach Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So I figure if I if I dress up like him, I want to see if anybody mistakes me. Nice. Yeah. I don't there think they will, but you know, just could be a fun experiment. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Well, Steve, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us some of your day. What a nice surprise. Still we can talk. This is fun. <laughs> thanks for letting us ambush you. <laughs> Get in here. We're talking middle, to you now. Middle of the work day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Father Sam Kachuba, and you're listening to The Tangent. I'm Matt Sparazza. I guess I'm Steve Lee. And he guesses correctly. <laughs> and this is, he guesses correctly. This is Veritas Catholic Network. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to further support The Tangent, please consider subscribing or following on your preferred platform, following us at the Tangent underscore Catholic on Instagram, or even donating at VeritasCatholic.com. See you next time. God bless.